Hello everyone, welcome to ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme from episode 1 all the way to 401 and every special in between and that is relevant because this week is a special week and not just because I have internet, it's a special week because we're looking at Holiday Hell 1995. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined by Jay and Griff, say hello Jay and Griff. Guess who's back? Back again. Paulie's back. Tell your friends. And tell them to like and subscribe as well. Guess who's back. Guess who's back. Hello. Oh, that's Griff. So that's what the intro's meant to sound like. Weird. It's exciting. We're in New York. Well, we're not, but they are, but we are. Because we're with them, sort of. fucking York. Yeah. There's a couple of swearing bombs dropped in this one. Juicy Apple. Wasn't ready. I'm a couple of weeks out the loop. I've been listening to the show. Some sort of, sort of there, but not quite there. Um, yeah, New York, Holiday Hill, 1995, and also Jay, UFC episode 141. 141 from the 2nd of January. Um, spoilers. So have you? Oh. With Holiday Hill, so have you? You're already in we're in a different year to me and Griff. This is weird. I'll tell you the lottery numbers. Oh. I'll tell you that Eric Bischoff gets released. Um <laughs> too soon. I get that joke for another twenty-five years. Um yeah. Do you know what the no. attendance for this show was? Oh, I did as well. Fourteen. Eight thousand seven hundred and forty-two. 1,283 people. I know, I meant like ticket sales. But yeah, your numbers, how many they let in the building? Yes, the attendance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the gate. Oh. Oh, stuff. Get old stuff. Uh, they, were, they were very vocal. They are vocal. They repeated there in New York multiple times. Sam is outside drinking beer like any world champion should be. And, um, yeah, then everyone's just like, we're in New York. It's like, we're in New York. And I thought, well, I thought we were shows were in New York. <laughs> what? It was more of a thing when you went to Florida. Yeah. I mean, they do love going to New York. Last time they went to New York, we had um, uh, the franchise with the two women and the, the, the cab rides and the, all the rest of it it was it was delightful oh that was tremendous also another thing that's quite a big deal because it's the end of the year as in 1995 we have got our end of the year best of worst off coming up at the end of this show so even if you're not interested in holiday hell listen to that because that's going to be entertaining it's a whole year jam-packed into a little segment that's exciting and it's so exciting. It's unbelievable. It's extreme. Mate. See what is extreme? How much Taz's music has improved since I last seen him? Very much indeed, and his attitude. Yeah, has he had this music for a couple of weeks? He has. This yeah. is horrendous. He's like, um, it's like war machine all over again. Um, yes, yeah, so he comes out of Bill Alfonso and takes on Koji. Nakagawa Nakagawa yeah, that was a decent yeah. attempt um, it was a fairly decent match Taz again like I say he's turned into the beast that I sort of knew and love I'm trying to sort of just take it as what it is rather than what I know things are going to be it's my new approach I've been away I've had a think so it's a fairly decent match how you can think when you don't have the internet it's just time to do nothing other than think so true and watch um Home's under the hammer, but that's different. Um, yeah. The Frozen DVD. And the Frozen DVD, which is Frozen. Did you did you watch any Thomas the Tank Engine? Uh, no, because no? I think oh, I might have been... A, you missed oh. a trick there. Thomas the Tank Engine's awesome. Yeah. I remember him. I used to watch it as a child. And the conductor, Thomas, went yes. into the station. That is a spot on Ringo Starr impression. <laughs> it's one of my um, hidden talents. That and singing opera underwater. 
<laughs> Next week on ReCW. No electrics and water, people. Safety first. Uh, yes, this is a singles match. We had plenty of Taz plexes. Taz released German plexes with no bridge. Uh, super Taz plexes. Taz missions. Taz clothesline. Taz boot. All the Tazes were there. Really was dominated, dominated the match. Collected Tazes. Past Taz, I do like a shirt of like Taz collections. Everything ticked off from your Taz Plex to your T-bone Taz Plex to your underhook Taz Plex. Um, yeah, I love Taz and Bill Alfonso. I think they have a good little dynamic going in. They come across as um, a nice sort of little hill section, and I think that's pretty decent. Absolutely. I mean, what you can see, uh, what we were talking about over the last couple of episodes was um, you can see it's starting to move from Fonzie being kind of the, the star and Taz being his muscle and his backup. You can see that Taz is now the star and Fonzie's the heater for him and the one who's kind of talking him into fights, but actually it's Taz who's uh, getting the focus. Um, the only bit of this match that I disliked was uh, Nakagawa goes for a double axe handle off the top um, except he just kind of doesn't um, so he just kind of jumps off and lands on his feet Taz is in slightly the wrong position so suddenly has to step forward and grab him and suplex him and just looked a little bit uh, clunky but on the grand scheme of things that wasn't too bad um, one of the things I realised that we did miss was um, the, the rubbish about uh, Stevie and the meanie insulting the fans at the beginning and picking out Missy Hyatt in the crowd and snogging Missy Hyatt. Oh, uh, yeah, because he promised um, to meet Raven and she was yes. just like, Game Mr. Dog and go, give that to Raven. He was like, whoa, and everyone was like, whoa. Yeah. Don't know why I skipped that. Uh, that happens. So it's, it's, it's nothing and it's stupid and it's crap and it's nothing except this is the first but not the last of Missy Hyatt in ECW the first but not the last yeah so yeah Hyatt's arrived that's good yeah look Joy I get confused because they come back later on so you kind yes. of yeah they are all over this bloody show they are the meanie is Mr. Event um, Taz picks up the win at 2 minutes and 34 seconds making short work of this man I'm not surprised but I'm impressed yep the Taz mission machine Griff with the insight uh, next we move on to Hack Myers versus JT Smith I feel like we've seen this match more times than we know I feel like I'm so over this feud sure if it was even a feud. Shah. Yeah. Shah. It's just um, a Shah shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, nothing really much to report on this match. It is a match, so you can watch it if you want. And it so ends Did in... you know, and, and mm. I've not gone back to verify this, but um, as I was saying last week, I have recently finished Turning the Tables by John Lister. Um, the story, the unauthorized and uncensored story of extreme championship wrestling. And one of the things he was saying in the book was that uh, JT Smith came out with the FBI on uh, ECW One Night Stand. What, the oh. WWE one? Apparently so. Hmm. Griff, can you put that in the memoirs and we shall recap when we get there? I did funnily just read that um, Smith did appear on both ECW reunion shows in June 2005. Hardcore homecoming. I reckon I would have seen him and been like, who the fuck's that? Yeah. Now, you see, I've got the same logic, apart from the fact that I do remember there being a load of people and I'm like, who the fuck's that? There you go, Smithy. They need little Guido to ringside. Yeah. He faced super crazy and Yoshihiro Tajiri in a three-day dance three-way dance three-day dance three-day fucking days (laughs) non-stop dancing don't you you dare be sour three-day dance they'd be tremendous why is it not a three-day dance match and why do I just want to go as I say it um, yeah, so you only had to suffer for four minutes and 39 seconds and that took us to the end of this match. But it all kind of got a little bit... with the gimmick of him messing up his finisher. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's just a bit um yeah so Hackmeyer's picked up the win and um yeah, yeah. um TV title match not just a TV title yeah singles match for ECW World Television and Tag Team Championships yes so two this is I mean it's only fair bearing in mind how many matches Mikey seemed to have where these were the kind of the steps um, but um, both the tag team and the TV title is on the line from two gold Scorpio because he is cocky and arrogant and what are the chances of Mikey Whipwreck ever winning a title in ECW what's that man got to say about this yo what's that no that- Sandman's only the champ because two cold Scorpio gave him the belt. He, nothing more than that. If it's still, I mean, he's not emotionally attached to it. Exactly. He hasn't even got the belt with him. He's, he's, he's let two cold Scorpio carry them all around to ringside with him. Yeah, he's got three gold Scorpio now. He's got three belts, hasn't he? And actually gold trunks, so he could be four gold. For gold, Scorpio. See, these things are overlooked, that's my opinion. Um, yeah, so shock horror to the world. On Mikey picked up the W here with a little bit of help from Kaki Jackie. That's got to be a first. Um, yeah, we... is this, is this, obviously, we'll talk about it later. I take it he's. I, I'm so confused whether he's going back to like face and then. I, I, I don't quite know. We shall talk about that when we discuss the 2nd of January show. Oh, that's to look forward Maybe to. the main event as well, yeah. Maybe everything. Maybe discuss it now a little bit, then move on to then and then there. Um, yeah, so Mikey gets all the gold. Cactus Jack comes out, puts one of the tag team titles around his waist and pretty much declares himself Mikey's tag team champion. Obviously, for people who listen to the show, they have been tag team champions together in the past, and that is the connection. So Mikey is now suddenly a two-time tag champ, two-time TV champ, and one-time heavyweight champ. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie. I mean, I I stressed it many moons ago. um, When Mikey won the heavyweight title, I always thought that was his first like title win. I thought he'd lost every match, somehow yep. got himself in this world title match, and because Austin was involved, Austin did sink and Mikey fell on top and won. His first ever win was winning the heavyweight title. I was miles wrong. He's won. That was his, that was his last belt. I know. <laughs> he's belt. he's won a shit ton of belts. He really has. He was the second um, triple crown winner. Yeah. After Sabu. Yeah, and this is my problem with it a little bit in the sense of we've got this. He's still the perennial underdog when he's now one of the most decorated superstars in ECW. No, he's beaten a litany of Hall of Fame caliber names. Yeah. But he's still the underdog. Well, this is it, isn't it? This is what we're saying. It kind of gets a little bit out of control because you sort of end up thinking. What really is this? So, like, how can this guy still be viewed as this when, like I said, he's won every belt and beaten everyone? Yep. So, but he's got the belt. Cactus Jack's with him. Is it when it breaks out into mass brawl or is that a bit later on? That's later. Okay. The time is a bit all over the place. I remember how we do this. Um, Next match, we've got the Eliminators with Jason... Versus the Pitbulls. That'd be Pitbull 1 and Pitbull 2 and Pitbull 3, Francine. This match is crazy, but it annoyed me on so many levels. Take us through the levels. I just, and so name them. Much, name the levels. It's Pitbull 2 gets put through probably eight or nine double team like finishing worthy moves. Yep. Some he just like barely like kicks out. Some he no sells and gets straight up. Um, so what level would we call that? Four, five. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Your levels. See, you this is what I'm saying. This is why we need to 
to everyone. If they were going like, to put the Eliminators out to be a strong team, this didn't do it for me. I just, I, I don't know, it was just... It was just crazy all one-sided and the finish was also a bit, yeah. So basically it's a bit like the Eliminators won, but the Pitbulls were a bit too LOD in the sense that you had to pretty much kill them to beat them. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I know this is my standard thing with the Pitbulls, and it's really difficult because... Um, you love them? My, oh. my, my, my rose-tinted memory, um, I remember Francine as the Queen of Extreme uh, with the franchise, the head cheerleader herself, um, and brilliant. However... Again, I feel the need to ask, what the fuck is the point of Sam Francine with the pit bulls? Every single time they lose, it is because she's done something that's got herself into trouble, which they then get distracted with and then beaten because of. She yeah. is an absolute hindrance to them every fucking time. And they were willing to dump her for Jason that time, remember that? Yeah, yeah. I mean... Mm. I understand that. He's got some lovely suits. Don't you like my suit? So I was um, on a random Spotify playlist earlier and it occurred to me that Jason's um, uh, What a Man song is one thing, but I feel they missed a trick with him not having Rod Stewart If You Want My Body. Hmm. If you want my body, and you th- I, I can't sing that without it sounding like Mike Myers from um, So I Married an Axe Murderer. But then why don't you go, go a bit more and be like, right, said Fred, I'm too sexy? Mm, yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know if that's got the same level of trouble. I suppose it has got the same level of trouble. Basically, you've had a daydream. Griff's interfered with your daydream, and you can't get around this. I've not because in um, your daydream you thought it's a fantastic I've idea. He's come out of a thought. I just feel like I said, Fred, I'm so I'm too sexy. Well, um, and and wouldn't a line there be I'm too sexy for my suit? And would he be? Yeah, I guess I it would be. Because I'm a manager, you know what I mean. As I do my little turn on the entrance. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, it's relevant. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. Ring rope on the ring rope. Oh, yeah. I'm doing <laughs> on that ring rope. 16 minutes and 13 seconds is how much we spoke about this segment. No, that's how long the match lasted. <laughs> but the Eliminators got that win, and that's all that matters. Tag team action. That takes us to um, Tommy Dreamer and the Nest. Yeah. Loads of instant classics. So Dreamer basically has to run the gauntlet a little bit before getting to Raven. And who's you have to fight first? The formidable Mini with Beulah McGillicay. Is this his first one-on-one match? You tell me. I think it is. I think so. Um, What a first impression. We've not seen him do anything up until now, have we? Apart from give the T-shirt and a run it's not a great first impression. Hopefully, we'll get a better second impression. Well, <laughs> so obviously... We might have to wait a while for that. So, <laughs> Tommy Dreamer defeats the Blue Mini, then Tommy Dreamer defeats Stevie Richards before getting to Raven. But this is the exciting bit. Um, have you two got the results in front of you? Yes. On Wikipedia? No. Uh-huh. Who lasted longer in their match, the Blue Mini or Stevie Richards? Blue Meanie. Stevie Richards. It's going to be Blue Meanie, I just wanted to change it up. It's the Blue Meanie for two seconds. For two seconds? Yeah. (sighs) That's excitement, wasn't it? That was a good little game. Let's come back for that. Uh, Fire next week and who lasted longer? Yeah. Um, so it led to Raven with Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie and Beulah McKinney versus the Tommy of your dreamers in a singles match. Um, yeah, it's all right. 
first time they've had a match. It's good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm glad they finally, you know, put these two together. It'll be interesting to see if they do anything with it. Um, I, I mean, it's it's a decent enough Raven Tommy Dreamer match. They fight all over the place. They fight outside. They fight in the snow. They fight back in. They fight around. Um, it, it's it's a decent Tommy and Raven match, and then the level of stupidity that comes into the ending um so uh Bueller's hairspray is a critical part of life of life um you can't have you know 90s chic without a big old can of hairspray um so she tries to uh spray um dreamer uh, but he moves she blinds Raven for all of like seconds um uh Tommy uh tries to do his his signature spot with Beulah um and you know just flashing her around the place um but uh it gets cut off and Raven hits a DDT on a chair for the win. Yay. Um, yeah, it's cool. I mean, the chemistry is getting better with these two every time. So, obviously, you know, it's a long-going fuse all the way to Sunday Night Heat. Um, so, yeah, fair play. Keep it going. The next match, I can't lie. I, I sort of have no idea about anything that sort of happens with this. It's, was it Bruiser? Mastino. Uh, it's pretty much, it's pretty much um, El Puerto Requiem. Yeah. Did about six or seven like drop kicks off the top rope. Went for about a seventh seven. one. Um, Bruiser Mastino caught him, slammed him, pinned him. Yeah, I mean, this is all big uh, setup, so it's a big guy who's a bit of a bruiser who's throwing people around so that 9 1 runner can run and make the save and make himself look good by uh, squaring up to him and saving the guy. Someone please go 9 1 I expected 9 to actually have a feud with someone and actually struggle to lift him. I also thought, hang on a second, isn't 9 1 and Rey Mysterio supposed to be in a feud with the Eliminators? That's the next show, though. That's that was that's being primed for oh, house party. I'm ready. I know. Like we said last week, like they never really built this this show up. The city, no, I mean, rock and roll. Show, nothing happens on this show. Like for instance, the tag team championship and the and the TV championship, changing hands and various other and the things. The first ever Olympic rules match, wrestling Shh, rules match. Can I just say that when I actually like was watching this, we'll never get there. When I was actually watching this, little whispers, um, I was impressed with the card. It's actually stacked. Really is. Um, And you know, for 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 a a show that we were talking about just last week, saying we don't know what's on it, there's no build to it, we don't know. Yeah. Yeah, really, it's, it's quite the 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 card all the way through these 1200 people got their money's worth so the the big bit on this was um, because I don't want to spend any more time talking about Buster Um, Bruiser Buster both he he busted Bruise and Bruised they're still talking about it Um, come on um, so 911 runs in they're separated Taz is one of the wrestlers that come in to separate Um, and um Nine one one goes to grab Fonzie. Taz gets in his face, and they tease that Taz and nine one one might get into it. Yeah, it's a feud that everyone wants. Finally, two most dominant, most dominant forces in ECW history. Yeah, I'm I'm massively over nine one one at this moment, but yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll get to him in a minute as well. Hmm, everything's coming up in a minute stay tuned folks when we talk about stuff um, this leads to all kinds of carnage which generally clears and the blue meanie is left all alone in the ring yep what's he gonna do 
which must mean it's time for dance break get on the floor <laughs> um yeah so meanie starts dancing it doesn't quite get the meanie shuffle that we come to know and love in the future but he's no, evolving but he's evolving he's trying it out so the dudley boys in sort of get involved and sort of say hey we doing don't dance and um oh, bubba ray dudley comes out and they have a little dance competition sort of so, yep. um, uh, what the people the want. teasing dissension in Raven's flock because, you know, Stevie's obviously the right-hand man and him and Meanie are on a higher the Meanies. tier than um, the Dudleys are. Um, but I, I think that for me the interesting thing was you had Sign Guy and DW run out and then, after a little bit from then... Um, Bubba with Big Dick got his own entrance to a knockoff of Highway to Hell. Yeah. I thought that was quite good. Like I said, the music's like um, really quite nice in this. On the Highway to Hell. You know, I um, yeah, really enjoyed all the, the songs and that. So yeah, Bubba came out, had a little dance and um, they ended up beating up the meanie. Well, Raven said he'd fire him unless you can beat the meanie. Stevie said that he'd get him fired, yeah. That's it. Um, so, obviously, I thought, oh, force we reckon with, blue meanie. Um, and, yeah, Bubba walked through him. I thought, <laughs> not very good, like, first or second impressions. No, he's had a bit of a miserable one, if we're all being honest, didn't he? He's not... He's very, very much... Um, you see his role in the company from the get-go. Bubba just a horrible kind of. He tries to do a power slam, which looks really ugly. Yes. Before the before the finisher, um, which goes to the top rope, and I thought he's not going to do a forward flip. But no, he just does a just does like a jumping kind of, I suppose, slam off the top rope. Um, but yeah, beats the blue mini. I think again, like because he lasts a bit longer the old mini. He's learning, isn't he? For a minute. That man be learning. Be learning. Get better every time. Um, and that was only one minute and ten seconds of pure non-stop action. So he's got a lot better. Which takes us to, I was going to say our co-main event, but it's not. Sandman defending that world heavyweight title against Raven. Um. <laughs> so in in true ECW fashion. Uh, Sandman and Woman come out and the belt's broken uh, so one of the side places hanging off of the belt as they walk to the ring um, which is just making it look you know Joey Styles is talking about even the belt's extreme um, it just looks broken and, and cheap and shit but um, uh, yeah the, the, the champ is here dun, 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 dun. Um, Stevie tries to drink a bit and can't so Sandman just downs it Perfect. I think this is my favourite ever match by Sandman so far. It's quite I a big statement. Really come, I think he really comes into his own on this match. I whether Raven just gets the better of it, what gets the best out of him, I don't know. But he seems to be kind of just enjoying himself and embracing the role. And this this is probably like yeah, so far my favourite. So it's funny because the crowd are very much behind him, which has been something that we've been seeing build, but he's not had an opponent up until now where people are absolutely just behind him. And Raven is very much the heel in um, in, in, in ECW and in this match. Um, but yeah, I, I think you can't deny that there is a, 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 a good chemistry between the two of them. I think that, um, you know, there is a point where you you can see kind of them coming together and, and, and the beginning of something pretty impressive. For their first match together, it uh, definitely lived up to the billing, I thought. Yeah. I mean, it's going to... Obviously, it turned into something beautiful, but I thought um, it was a nice little match. It's a good chemistry. Um, oh, I so, loved it. Uh, uh, 
Raven gets the um, uh, upper hand quite quickly. Then it turns over to Sandman. Sandman does an amazing jumping over the top to the outside with Raven over the guardrail and hitting him with the cane on the way down spot. Um, and then um, Stevie runs in and starts pounding on Sandman. A woman comes in and Kane Stevie. Uh, she then goes to Kane Raven, but uh, Raven just takes the shots. Raven takes the cane away from her, teases caning woman, but Sandman makes the save, um, and then everyone runs in, basically. Yeah, that's basically in a nutshell, really. This match lasted 13 minutes and 16 seconds, and it does take us to our co-main events. We've got the... Oh, God. Before we get there, the weird bit for me was you had Tommy Dreamer run in. He beats up like all of the cronies as you'd expect. He does. He finally hits the the pile driver on Bueller that he was teasing from earlier in the night. So you know, gets to do his usual kind of you know show the crowd have a JJ spot and you know I don't know where the term about JJ came from, but there we go. Um, uh, but then gets the cane and beats up both the Sandman and Raven and I get the whole kind of you know he's not aligned to either of them kind of thing but you'd think that he wouldn't want to do anything that helps Raven in hitting the Sandman Mm. yeah he runs in to save the Sandman from being beaten up by everyone and then canes the Sandman as well as Raven yeah Okay. Yeah, it didn't make sense. I'm guessing he's just there and he's just lost the plot and he's just... I'm guessing he's not thinking straight. This pressure's too much. Lost too much blood. Too much blood. Blood. Speaking of blood... Co-main event time. Better talk about it now. Go on then. Co-main event time is the gangsters that beat New Jack and Mustafa versus the public enemy Johnny Grunge and Rocco Rock. A dream match that we've seen a few times, but we still don't deserve. So they tell the story. (laughs) So they tell the story that this is this was due to be, this was expected to be. Um, Over five months ago? The New Heavenly Bodies versus Public Enemy. Oh. But the New Heavenly Bodies have been chased out of ECW. Dr. Tom is gone. Um, Stevie Del Rey is... Jimmy Del Rey is still around. Um, But Dr. Tom is gone, and therefore the New Heavenly Bodies are out of here. Oh. And as such... um, Didn't they sign for WCW? Yeah. Uh, as Public Enemy have done. Uh, WCW um, saw this money feud and thought, we're having that. We don't want the first <laughs> one of <those. laughs> We want a little bit of that of the action. old Nitro. In front of 2,000 people in New York. They wish it was 2,000 people. So, uh, yeah, and then we got a Public Enemy Gangsters match. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It was brawl. Public Enemy thought they had it in the bag, but it didn't happen. Um, shot from Lou Jack. Mustafa got the roll-up. Gangsters got the win in 8 minutes and 26 seconds. Boom. Usual stuff. Usual stuff. Main event time. Cactus Jack comes out wearing his tag team title. Um, gets on there and says basically he's going to have a pure wrestling match with Sabu, is it? Yeah, so he talks a lot about um, his friend Jimmy, I think his name was, who's uh, you know a regular there and needs a crutch and a wheelchair and you know walks around and, and has had handed his crutch to many a wrestler to to fight with and blah blah blah. Um, and he gave him a lift down because he couldn't get there and they carpooled down. And in honour of that and everything else, he's decided to have the first Olympic wrestling rules match in ECW which means um, you get points deducted for closed fist and various other things uh, so he introduces uh, a wrestler uh, a, a, an NCAA referee to uh, discuss the rules and explain uh, how this is going to be um, an Olympic style match Olympics 
Um, and then they have a, a catch as catch can classic. Um, the sort of thing that would make Kurt Angle proud. And, um, Give me a gold medal. They deserve it with the wrestling ability. Um, yeah, the match happens, didn't it? Yeah, so um, uh, this referee is trying to insist on these rules and trying to get Sabu to take up the amateur amateur wrestling starting point and blah, blah, blah. Um, 9-1 run runs in, chokeslams him twice. Um, the second time was even worse because uh, you can see him clearly on hard camera count the guy down to when he needs to jump for the chokeslam. Um, and then declares that this is Issa W and they're going to have a fight and he's going to be the referee I thought it would have been funny if they just let him do like I don't know just a minute of like wrestling rules I feel like number one comes out well too early and should have come around a bit later it would have been well funny agrees he said no he's ruined it <laughs> again and then he continues to ruin it because he hasn't got the cardio or the ability to be a referee. Um, 911 is not a man who can get down to the mat quickly uh, to counter three, nor get up from the mat quickly after a near fall. No. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I'm just over 911. Um, yeah, Sabu picked up the victory here. In 12 minutes and 59 seconds. Cactus Jack nearly made it to 13 minutes, but he just couldn't hold on. Bye-bye. It wasn't... And good night. An awful match. Um, so, you know, I, I've, again, even last week, I was saying I was critical of, of their matches previously. Um, the first one was the... I've got a great idea. Let's not do hardcore. Let's do kind of a map-based kind of match which didn't work at all. Um, well, the first um, one was the one where Cactus Jack refused to... Well, you talk about the very first match. Yes. Yes, yeah, one where Cactus Jack refused to throw a punch, didn't they? Yep. Hmm. Um, which, in the es- in essence, led to him being uh, sacked by WCW because that frustration led to him cutting the promo and spitting on the belt, blah, blah, blah. Um, the second one was far more blood and guts and ended with um, a legitimate bottle across the back of the head which just sounded horrendous donk um so I I haven't hmm haven't been wooed yet no sometimes I guess feuds some of them are just almost too good to be true just because you get two sort of sort of hardcore icons it doesn't mean they're necessarily gonna click and these two sort of feel like they have like decent matches, but yeah, it's just not quite there. But Sabu won. Overall, um, I enjoyed the show. A little bit confusing in parts, but obviously it's because you're seeing different things next to being out the sort of out the loop for a, a couple of weeks. But um, yeah, some decent bits. Sam and Raven enjoyed that. Public Enemy Gangsters seen it. Dreamer Raven. Yeah, Taz um, was probably my favourite match just because I hadn't seen this side of Taz yet where he's just pure sort of a lot of suplexes and a bit of a beast so I was excited to see that but yeah, overall, not too shabby Yeah, it was good Again, a bit confusing like why why would Raven fight for the world title I've just had a bloody battle with um, Tommy Dreamer but hey-ho Um... Yeah, and apart from obviously two Scorpio Scorpio putting the tag team belt on the line, a bit random. Um, yeah, but apart from that, uh, good show, some good matches. Um, it could have been the um, Eliminators against Pitbulls could have been match of the night, but I think they just got a bit silly and just ruined it. So yeah, um, it was far better than. Um, it was... It was it was a far better card than I was expecting. Um, I don't know if it was the pacing. I don't know if it was um, Stevie and Meany all over it. I don't know if it was just that things felt like and they were in a bit of a weird and higgledy piggledy kind of place. Um, I found it quite a hard show to get through. I, I had to watch it in about three sittings. Um, 
which is rare for like new stuff and, and stuff like this um, but it, it just never quite flowed for me and never quite I think from going through like WWE pay-per-views you have like filler matches like they kind of put on really gimmicky matches like the first hour and then kind of they should have just they could have paced it a lot better I, I did well, it two sittings like I said I think my issue with this is there's the, the same sort of issue that I have like I said before like the early Ring of Honor shows where it just it's a bunch of like segments yeah the WWE pay-per-views did very much just like everything would roll into sort of next and people would come out and bump into it. I mean it's just like it, it felt like an edited put together show so it didn't it felt like you could stop it and jump around a lot more yeah I understand that Thank you. Anything else on the show? Jay, do you want to talk about 141 quickly? Let's do 141. So, um, it's about seven minutes worth of stuff that isn't in uh, Holiday Hell, which is why I I wanted to kind of cover it um, so we didn't kind of have to weirdly tack it on to the beginning of the next show. Um, So, a lot of it's the, the, the... uh, highlights of some of the matches from uh, Holiday Hell. Um, we have a um, video package for the best of Public Enemy. Uh, so four minutes of just like a blank screen. Hey, let's <laughs> wait for Griff there. Um, no, you know it's it's um, uh, set to um, Brian Adams. Everything I would do, I would do for you. Uh, so you know opens with them like fades up on them look into my eyes and you no it's not that at all Uh, it's their shitty music which doesn't help the um, promos in ECW as we've said before especially with the Raven ones I think these things would be so much better if they had the original music to them rather than the overdubbed um, stuff so Raven's overdubbed is my least favourite music in ECW just can't stand it I don't know why he didn't just use his WWE music but whatever no and um, which interesting I thought Sabu used his ECW his WWE music in this one um, uh, but yeah so it's them with um, Bad Company with the body count match uh, them going down to the Double Cross Ranch um, and uh, stealing his alpaca uh, or is it a llama? You can decide at Zazzle.com. Oh. Um, uh, then the cage match with the gangsters, training Mikey. Um, then they had the. Then they went to the match between Public Enemy and the gangsters. Uh, then you had a promo from the gangsters calling um, them out for going to WCW. They say, you know, and you, you're off to WCW where they're going to dress you in pink and put pigtails in your hands, in your hair. Um, that happens. And then uh, they declared that public enemy is dead and the gangsters have taken over. Yeah. Uh, And then the last bit is um, Raven and Cactus Jack. Um, And Cactus Jack takes Mikey Whipwreck to see Raven, uh, the new tag team champs, and Whipwreck as the TV champ. Um, And uh, says that he's brought... Uh, Whipwreck to uh, pray, worship at the altar of Raven, uh, takes all three belts off of Mikey and presents them to Raven, and Raven says that he doesn't understand why Jack has done this uh, because Whipwreck is worthless. Um, Whipwreck says that he uh, is in two minds about working with Cactus, but he definitely doesn't want to be a part of Raven. Uh, So he walks off. Uh, Raven uh, has a go at Cactus Jack for bringing him. And why would you think I'd want him in my team? And why would you think, you know, he's worthless? He's nothing. Cactus Jack uh, just rambles on about, you know, uh, heart of a champion. And he's a real fighter. He's a white meat baby face. And we could really use that white meat baby face around here. Um, And uh, Raven gets really fed up and starts pushing him into 
some of the stuff around. So Cactus Jack is laughing and joking as Raven's pushing him into furniture and all the rest of it. And Raven gets up into his face and tells him not to fail him. And Cactus just kind of stares back. Um, so teasing a little bit of dissension between Cactus Jack and the man they call Raven. Oh. And there you go. That was it. That is it. And that takes us beautifully into our end of year awards. The year was 1995. We have been working on our list. Would you like to do best of or worst of first? Do worst. Do you reckon? Yeah. That's normally like the big fun bit at the end. No, no, let's, do, do best, then. let's do best first. Let's 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 do the positives and then we can okay. look at the hate afterwards. Um, where do you want to start? Wrestler of the year, best in the mic, best. Non- yeah, let's just work down. I think. Right, wrestler of the year. It should be a big one, but straightforward. Mine, I felt, was very straightforward. I went for Cactus Jack. I felt he was involved in a lot of feuds, had decent matches, and his promos were incredible. It was a massive standout year for him. I went for Taz. I went for one of the most changed, like, as a year, like, transition. I went for Taz. I can say that. Uh, and I went for the champ. Um, been the champ for most of the year. Um, high level feuds across the piece with Jack, with Douglas, with Whipwreck, with Austin, with uh, now Raven. Um, I went for Sandman. Oh, three different answers. I like it. Best on the mic. I once again went for Cactus Jack. His promo speak for himself. Austin was a close second, but throughout the whole year, I think Cactus Jack was probably more consistent because he'd been around the whole year. Austin was my best on the mic because I thought his ones were powerful and I, I don't know, just kind of hit me. I thought Austin. I I think for an entire year, I think Austin's generous. He had he had a couple of really really good promos, um, but I also went for Jack. I think Jack just became the guy to listen to um, for a long long time. Um, uh, some of his promos were just brilliant. Um, even down to the, uh, the the hardcore home video from last week. Um, just, yeah, just absolutely captivating on the mic every single time. Best non-wrestling on-air talent. I've got a feeling this has to be a clean sweep. I went for Bill Alfonso. I went for Bill Alfonso. <laughs> I went for Fancy Daddy. Yeah, it has to be. Um, massive standout year. Came in and basically just kept grinding and really worked that, that hill section. Decent, decent, decent. Best tag team of the year. I was looking at growth, what they were to what they became. And I went for the Pitbulls. Do you know what I did I, notab- I had a notable mention of the Pitbulls. Went for the public enemy because they've just been involved in everything. For the whole year, um, but I did put noble mention to the Pitbulls, and it would have been even stronger if they had held the belt for more than one match. To show. Uh, yeah, no, I went for the Pitbulls as well. I I, I thought that um, uh, I think they're a clusterfuck, but um, they've become far more of a cohesive tag team clusterfuck uh, over 1995. Yeah, they, they just seemed like they were given a more of a sort of purpose than that. Um, best feud of the year. I had quite a few feuds that I liked, but I will not list them all in case one of you has picked them. But I will say uh, Bill Alfonso versus Todd Gordon. Uh, I think um, overall that was probably the hottest feuds that had sort of the most heat in the sections and stuff like that so I'll go for that interesting um, I went from go on you first uh, I uh, probably to a surprise for no one um, I went for Raven Dreamer um, I think it uh, sometimes hits um, 
some weird points, but uh, the, the fact that they've kept it going this long. Yeah. I went for Cactus Jack and the ECW crowds. Interesting. Sit there, quirky. That works. To refuse to, to, refuse to do hardcore and, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that works. I mean, obviously, I could say that as, again, as decent sort of thing. Obviously, notable mentions. It's hard to call it a feud because they didn't really have any promos, but Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Yeah. Obviously, Ray Psychosis, Sandman versus Cactus Jack. So it's been yeah. like a few sort of decent, but um, yeah, very interesting. I like it how sort of different we all are with all the bits of the shows. So what we're looking for, right? Worst categories of the year. Worst wrestler of the year. Who have you got? JT Smith. Snap. He's mine. Absolutely hate, like, not excited in the slightest whenever he comes out. Yeah, from the um, the chosen one that Jay, our Jay, picked out a long time ago. Is This guy could be a standout. I thought he had an absolute awful year. Yeah. Um, 911. Uh, I, I get... I get the, the JT Smith stuff. Um, I, I hate the fact that they've built a gimmick over him botching a spot um, and and branding himself. Um, but uh, there simply is not a worse wrestler than 911. Yeah, I can see that. He's, um, he's had a couple of shockers. But yeah, JT Smith just really annoyed me um worse than the mic who have you got JT Smith <laughs> yep same I went for JT Smith as well um notable mention to Scorpio he had an absolute nightmare notable mention to um Big Dick Dudley uh, yep yeah but I don't know he didn't muck up his lines he was on it um, so I, I originally had Dudley Dudley for this, but uh, JT Smithson actually a very good shout. Um, Dudley Dudley spends a lot of time saying not much. Yeah. Yeah. Fair shout. Um, worst non-wrestling on-air talent. I want Beulah. Because <sighs> you can't think of anyone else. Was... You're over her box very quickly. Um, I oh, went... It was never a thing. <laughs> I went for... They sort of had a match, but I still count them as non-wrestling, and I went for Luna Vachon. Oh, she, she turned up for a while. She sort of did fuck all. When she did do stuff, it was awful. Yeah. So I know she sort of had a match with Stevie, but I'd still count her as a, a non, because it wasn't really... She wasn't really wrestling, because it's not all... It was just a thing. I mean, because Fonzie sort of had a match but didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Fonzie's sort of match, I went for Todd Gordon. Um, he annoys the fuck out of me. His voice is annoying. His face is annoying. His punches is annoying. Um, yeah. Yeah. You were oh, worst tag team of the year. I went for Johnny Hotbody Body and Tony Stetson. I do not know why they came back. Um, they had no reason to be paired with Raven. It was weird. It was over. I don't even think they won a match. Yeah. I went for two cold Scorpio and Sandman. Because they won the belt without being together and they lost the belt without being together and I don't think they ever actually wrestled together while being champs. Um, and I went for Public Enemy just to be a heel. <laughs> I knew you would. You twat. <laughs> I knew you would. Leave the memories alone. Um, worst feud of the year. Um, I had a few for this one. Um, the, on. the one I, yours first. The one that I went for that I went for was Ian Rotten versus Axel Rotten. 
purely based on the fact that we didn't actually see any of it. And all we, get, yeah. all we kept getting told was, oh, it's this wild feud. Oh, it's crazy. It's just crazy. But we never actually saw anything. So it kind of... That. I thought, what's the point? I went for him, Top Gordon, and... Um, <laughs> ben Alfonso. Um, it would have been great if Todd Gordon could wrestle and wasn't slightly annoying that feud could have been amazing but I just found it Todd Gordon just made the whole feud just really annoying and really so for me it was the worst so it was uh, interesting I... when you said like there was only one choice and I was like oh interesting <laughs> um, I um, I went for Francine and Beulah um, introduced as Raven's girlfriend and Stevie's girlfriend uh, called each other whore a lot and then uh, for no apparent reason would turn up in the ring and roll around a lot and then get separated um, yeah and and I know it goes on for a while yeah uh, notable mentions to Shane Douglas versus the Sandman had a lot of potential but was just rushed you had sort of woman did like the one week switch which didn't really make any sense that was stupid and Shane Douglas versus Tully Blanche I felt was an awful feud I felt they spoke about it for weeks and weeks and weeks Um, they're hyping up a match where they were showing clips of the match like it already happened and then eventually we sort of had the match and that was it it was just done Shane Douglas versus Ric Flair another notable mention for worst feud because it just (laughs) was just so, so fucking bizarre but yeah Oh, can't wait to have him back. And that's that. That's 1995. <sighs> it's been a year. It's been a big year. It's, there's been a lot of growth in um, East W this year. 96 again is going to get sort of bigger and better. But, um, yeah, we've seen... There's been some good. There's, you know, um, entrances are now a thing. Obviously, promos have improved. Matches are good. By the end of the year... You know, at least get a different match. They went for this stage where it seemed like the same show every other week. But um, they're finding their feet. A lot of talent who are sort of at the beginning of their careers but go on to become absolute megastars or either currently in or passing through. So, um, yeah. You've got Nitro is now happening. Raw's happening. These have all happened since. So it's, um, it's big news, big year. And 96, the wrestling business is just going to get bigger and bigger. So hopefully ECW should build with it. Agreed. There you go. Is that it? We good? Should I tie this bad boy up? Tie this bad boy up and let's have Griff send us home. Oh, um, so thank you very much for off, listening. Everyone can fuck off home. This has been Reese W. We are part of Sports Arena. Please like, subscribe. Also, check us out on Twitter or Instagram at underscore Sports Arena. That is us. Throw stuff at us. We will comment back. If you fancy buying some T-shirts or poker chips, please go to zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena. Stuff will pop up. You will be amazed. You will click purchase. You will get delivery. You will look cool. And we'll hug you if we see you. It's gratitude. So that's it. My name's Paul. I disappear at this point. But I should be back next week because I now have internet. So toodle snips. Snips indeed. Um, so it is that time where um, uh, I set Griff um, a song or a promo or something that has inspired me um, throughout the show and get him to do a dramatic reading as only he can. Um, and there were many things this week that I thought about, um, um, but uh, I came to the conclusion this is holiday hell the snow outside makes the roads very dangerous and therefore um people would have had to be very careful when listening to bubba ray's song and driving that highway to hell living easy living free season ticket on a one-way ride ask nothing leave me be taking everything in my stride don't need reason don't need rhyme 
ain't nothing I would rather do going down party time my friends are going to be there too I'm on the highway to hell on the highway to hell highway to hell I'm on the highway to hell no stop signs speed limit nobody's gonna slow me down like a wheel gonna spin it nobody's gonna mess me around hey satan paid my dues playing in a rocking band hey mama look at me i'm on my way to the promised land woo i'm on the highway to hell highway to hell i'm on the highway to hell highway to hell